founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on the way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're working with our students in the community who are deep within the process of building their own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who have stood where you are and on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of the stories we're about to share. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. With that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with Jacqueline Yates who is one of our Start and Scale students who has developed an incredible line of products for mindfulness for kids. She has got such an incredible story and has so much rare insight so I'm really excited to sit down with her today. So let's just get straight into it. Hi Jacqueline, welcome. Why not start by introducing yourself and telling me a little bit more about your business. Thank you. So I am Jacqueline Yates and I am the founder of Mindful and Co Kids. I started my business just uh, approximately two years ago and we are an education products based business for children. So we create products that teach children about mindfulness. Amazing. It's such a great thing that you're doing. And I love your ethos about mental health and helping kind of prevent kids going through some of the hardships that they might do and learning some some tactics and some coping mechanisms as well. But before we jump into that, what were you doing prior to having your business? Okay, so my background is in psychology and counselling. So I worked for many years as a youth counsellor. And then I, um, unfortunately, I have my own personal experience with Uh, postnatal depression and that's how I came to learn about mindfulness so once I had that experience and healed from that I really wanted to understand mindfulness from a clinical level and I went back to uni and did a postgrad research degree on mindfulness as a treatment for stress disorders so throughout the research uh, it was yeah it was just really devastating when I came across the mental health statistics for youth and having lived in experience of depression I really didn't want anyone to ever go through that so that's where the idea came to me for Mindful and Croak Kids. So I thought, well, what if we can teach children at that age, three to 10, these simple effective tools that, that they could take into the rest of their life and have like a toolbox of strategies to kind of draw upon for the rest of their life. So it, we look at it as hopefully preventing mental health in the future. And yeah, it's just, it's really scary what's happening now in the world. Uh, and especially with COVID. So it's the prevalence of mental health is just getting worse and worse. So we're on a mission to change that. <laughs> and such a great mission it is. And I definitely can see the work you're putting in to, to really try and help them with all the products that you've launched. Um, I think it's really interesting also how, you've kind of incorporated it in more of a fun and youthful way because at the moment I feel like there's a big shift between adults doing, you know, yoga and meditation and and having that sort of outlet for it. But I think it's really great that you're transitioning it to children and younger um, kids as well. Talk me through how the idea kind of evolved. Was it after you graduated that you kind of had this idea and the experiences that you've gone through yourself or was it something that's kind of always lingering as an idea to start your own business? Yeah, so... I actually was going to do a 
product range for adults. And then after the, I did the research, I kind of started developing the range for adults. And then I don't know, my heart just got drawn towards the children. Um, and obviously having that um, background in youth as well, I really, um, I'm just really, really passionate about it. And then having obviously my own, um, I've got a little girl who's now eight. Um, she would have been about four or five at the time when I kind of came up with the concept. So I decided to test the market and just see if there was, because mindfulness back, and back then probably wasn't as big as you say for children. So I went back and started teaching children yoga and mindfulness for about a year. I did classes and I just had like incredible results. I had parents coming up to me after like two sessions saying like, what have you done with my child? <laughs> they're sleeping better. They're getting on with their siblings. They're focusing more at school. And uh, yeah, so then I, there was a, yeah, I um, obviously I, realized there was a market for it and then I started developing out the products um well our first product was just the yoga flashcards that's what we started with so I thought that was just a really fun way to introduce children to mindfulness uh they can associate with the animals it's cute and fun and um it's just really good for grounding and body awareness so yeah, that's the only product that we started with. And in two years, we've developed it out to about maybe 16. So we've been pretty busy. <laughs> to say the least, you've definitely been busy and we'll definitely speak more about those other products. But I think it's a really great thing that you've also done, which you've almost pre-validated your product by doing these in-person classes and hearing the feedback from uh, these parents. When you were kind of um, getting maybe some of the first samples of these cards and things like that, did you use any of your students and these children as testings to get feedback on your first prototype? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I uh, was getting samples. All of my, uh, most of my products are manufactured in Asia. So I had them sent over and I would um, use them through the classes and yeah then cut them out and put them on paper there was <laughs> a lot of like yeah it's funny it's funny like how we've evolved to now having these beautiful box sets like how it started but uh yeah the kids really uh definitely um enjoyed playing with them so and then the parents were asking oh when are you going to make these so we can take them home and continue the learning at home so yeah and seeing how you're quite well versed in the whole manufacturing side of products now, as you mentioned, you're going on to 16 products in just a space of a number of years, which is so incredible. I'd love to talk to you through how you kind of developed your strategies in manufacturing your first product, because it can be overwhelming and, and somewhat daunting for, for some people even listening or students that are also doing start and scale. Walk me through how you kind of got your manufacturer, developed your product from, like you said, those cut out paper to this beautiful boxed, amazingly illustrated uh, flashcards. Yes, that was the biggest, like the hardest thing I think was trying to find a really good manufacturing line. So I had a factory that I was working with and the trouble that I, I found and I, I think many other people in the same um, line of business that I discuss, what we find is then it takes so long. So you'll send a concept and um, China is amazing at reverse engineering products. However, when you send in your head what you want, you might get back something completely different and then the quality of paper. So I kind of, I did that and I did the dance and I, for so many months and I decided one day I was just going to jump on a plane and go over to Shenzhen um, where one of my factories was. So I did that so I could just sit with them for like a week and just get it right. And that was the best, you know, best money I ever spent. And it just, um, and it was an amazing experience to go over there. Obviously that's a challenge now with COVID, but I would, 
recommend a hundred like I spent hundreds of hours on the Alibaba going through you know different factories spent thousands of dollars on samples uh, and it's really hard so my advice to anybody would be to be incredibly thorough with what you are wanting to develop um, I, I get a piece of paper and draw it out and then I like you, you have to know what like for me it's paper products so knowing the GSM of the paper knowing the finish of the paper so then there's so many like the language barrier so you just have to be incredibly um, thorough with like your brief for them and in fact I would go as far as to say like finding a product that is similar to yours and sending it to them it's going to save you like this is what I want so as I said they're incredibly um, amazing at reverse engineering but <laughs> if you just give them your idea you're going to end up with something that is not what you want <laughs> that's such great advice because yeah manufacturing can be sometimes a point where people get stuck at and I think having you know someone that's actually gone through these experiences <clears throat> pardon me I feel like it's a really great learning opportunity for anyone listening and do you know how you found a manufacturer and you're building those relationships how have you managed to keep this relationship going have you continued to use them for your other products that you have been inventing now or have you trialed different manufacturers how has that gone yeah, so the original uh, factory that we used to do the flashcards, we no longer use. We just had some uh, quality control issues and then pricing issues because we were using a factory in Shenzhen. And because Shenzhen is closer to Hong Kong, which is more westernised, I'd say, you see like there's quite a, a price, um, a difference in pricing if you go out to somewhere like Guangzhou. So I actually went to the Canton Fair as well um, on that trip and I've yeah so we've got about four or five different factories that we use now and we uh, speak to them communicate with them over WeChat so um, it's just that they're, they're incredibly helpful and they're actually beautiful people they get a bit of a bad rap but you know you've just got to be on top of them and um, you know it's a, <laughs> we sometimes say like cowboys the wild wild west so you've got to be really careful and like be really on top of them but and for the most part we've we've not really had that many issues apart from just recently we had a massive um problem with stock quality because we this is one thing that i would uh encourage everybody to do we use a third party uh it's called v trust so we get somebody to come in once the products and they will take a test sample and do like a quality control so i would never ever ever recommend not doing that even if you've built a really good relationship with a factory, I would continue to do that every time. It's like $300 USD and it's like the best money like you could spend because we slipped up just recently and we were so busy and we let uh, a shipment of about a thousand units, which was lucky because it wasn't a massive amount. But yeah, they were all, we've come back and the quality is terrible, like the glue they've used. And so they, they're going to have to go in the bin, which is, it was pretty devastating, but it's just, you know, I actually thought back to Greta how she got the million dollar tea shipment and that was all ruined and I was like oh it's just a challenge every day is there's a different challenge but <laughs> yeah um so with the manufacturers it's just finding like the right ones for you getting good samples and just making sure you just keep an open line of communication and just um yeah 100% recommend doing the third party quality control at every inspection 
Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a real entrepreneurial journey without the highs and the lows and the learning. And I think um, you've definitely said some great things there that a lot of people listening should definitely look into, especially the quality assurance. I think that's a massive thing. And as you mentioned, Greta went through the same thing and it's such a shame, but it's a really great learning um, that I think most people will probably enjoy and hopefully not, but you never know. Um, And once you've actually solidified the manufacturer that you've gone with, you're happy with the final product. What was your next steps then? Was it building a website? Was it kind of formating your formulating, sorry, your social media? How did you kind of go about marketing this product? Marketing. So I did the start and scale course, obviously. So uh, it taught you to start the um, Instagram like before you, when you came up with the idea. So you had like a bit of a page and a presence already. So I think it was like, don't, you don't want to launch to cricket. So I started um, formulating that, my marketing plan and doing the Instagram and posting photos and trying to get a bit of a following before I launched. And then uh, it's so funny, like I, I completely winged it. I had a friend of a friend do my website and uh, she, yes, a Shopify website which we've ended up upgrading now. Uh, So then we did that. And then, yeah, we just one day I turned it on and then the rest is kind of history. So for for us, we took a bit of a different path to what, and it wasn't, it was just by pure kind of luck that it happened. It wasn't planned. I planned to build an e-commerce, but we have a really strong wholesale distribution. So we uh, started uh, selling into shops, as soon as we launched, which was incredible for our brand awareness. Um, obviously, the margin is better for e-commerce. However, um, yeah, we, we've got now over 300 plus stockists in about 15 countries, I think, at last count. So we have a much bigger, um, we get much bigger revenue from our wholesale. Uh, however, but that's been amazing for brand awareness and amazing for marketing. And it's been amazing for word of mouth. So that has really helped us market as well as our Instagram and social channels. It's so incredible how many stockists you have in 15 countries. That's such a great feat and it's definitely something to be very, very proud of. But I know I would love to hear more about how you approached wholesale. Was it you going into stores? Was it you emailing people? How did that come about? Uh, So I had a girlfriend who worked in fashion buying and she had seen like the products at my house and she said, oh, I could totally sell these for you. And she was living in Byron Bay at the time. And so anyway, she took a couple of samples and she went down to um, a store in Byron. That's a really beautiful homeware store. So they took the products on consignment. Uh, So at the very start, no one knew who I was. So I had to kind of, you know, do consignment. And yeah, within that weekend, they sold out of a box of 10. And our products uh, kind of sit in that kind of premium kids range. So they're not cheap. They're $54.95. And I was still really scared. Like when I was launching, I was like, oh, they're a bit expensive. And I didn't have that much confidence. So as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, yes. Okay, cool. I'm on to that. Like I've done all the, you know, the year teaching the children and tested the market. And now I know that they, they're going to sell. So that was a really good confidence booster. And so what happened after that, it kind of just did this like chain reaction where uh, they're quite a beautiful, popular store. So once other wholesalers saw what was in there, they wanted it. So we just started getting all these inquiries. Uh, and then we had our first trade show, which is the life and style trade show in uh 
Sydney and that was literally a few weeks before COVID hit so we yeah so we were lucky to get we, we probably had like within a few months 100 wholesalers so um yeah so that was really lucky before COVID hit so and that was only we literally only launched a few months before COVID hit so so yeah it's it's, it's, I sometimes I'm like, it's just kind of surreal, like how it's all happened. And then especially in the middle of a pandemic. Um, yeah, it's um, very, yeah, it's amazing. I think it's just a really, I think parents are really understanding how important like the children's mental health is these days. So I think, and then having the products are really beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. So, and uh, they're thoughtful and conscious. And I think, uh, you know, it, there's a shift towards this uh, now. Hey there, Nathan Chan here, see on publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. You mentioned a trades show, which is really, really cool. And I know probably a lot of people are very intrigued by that. How did you go about actually getting your brand as a young brand into a trades show? Did you just have to submit an application? Yeah, so the life and style, we, uh, I had already been a few years because I'd always been interested in product-based businesses. So I had gone down to Sydney a few years previously and visited because you get like in Australia, you get the Reeds Gifts Fair and which is probably a bit more um, standard standard products and then you have the life and style which is kind of the more premium so I knew about it and I really wanted to show there so I just put in an application and then we were luckily uh, picked to be one of the brands to watch so that kind of we got a lot of free press and uh, that was a really it was a really good experience it was like a four days it's super tiring um but yeah, and we met, we got to meet a lot of our current, like our wholesalers that we already had and then got to meet a lot of new ones as well. Um, so they're, they're great. I just don't know how effective they are at the moment. We haven't done another one since. Obviously, they are still running. Um, they, it was an amazing experience. I'm not, yeah, they, <laughs> I love life and style. However, just now in the current climate, uh, I don't know when we'll do another. We're, we're currently doing some in America at the moment. Um, but in Australia, I'm just not sure with all the borders closing, et cetera, uh, if we'll do another one in the future, in the near future. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a great stepping stone to have. And as you said, it was an experience that helped you launch into 100 stockists and now you're well over 300. And I think that's so amazing. And that's continual revenue that you don't really have to do anything for. You just have to send the products and then you get the return, which is so incredible. Uh, but I'd love to talk to you more about now your e-commerce side of your business and how that kind of evolved. Did you make the shift more or less when you realized that you had enough wholesalers or did you just kind of say, okay, we need to bring this online because there is such a high demand? Oh, so I'm um, sorry. I probably, um, that was a misunderstanding. So I've always had the e-commerce running. We've just done better probably in wholesale. And then, but however, in saying that, obviously the wholesale and building the brand in that 
in doing it that way has helped the e-commerce as well. So the e-commerce has been going, but we weren't like running ads at the very start. Um, I just had absolutely kind of no idea what I was doing. <laughs> so uh, it's been a bit of a, a slower burn, but it's starting to really pick up now and obviously our instagram's growing we're still only we're still so tiny we've only got 15 or 14 and a half thousand followers you know um so but the e-commerce is starting to do really well which is exciting and then we've just launched a uh, another website in america as well so Wow. It's so incredible to see the growth that you've had in such a short amount of time. And I'm sure, you know, even you, you're probably pinching yourself being like, how did this happen so quickly? But it's it's really great. And your products are really amazing as well. Um, I'd love to know more about what have you been posting on Instagram and your socials to help kind of get, because 14 and a half K is still a very large number for such, you know, a new uh, a brand as well. And then I'd love to also hear about your advertising and how you've kind of maneuvered that. Okay. Yeah. So I have a marketing manager. She's amazing. So she uh, came, moved up from Sydney and she's been with us just for about over a year. So she worked for brands like Lano Lips, um, who else like she's worked for hungry and commercial like hungry jack she's worked for like beauty chef so she's really amazing because i don't have obviously that background knowledge um but before she came on board i really wanted to make sure with the instagram and with the marketing we weren't just like posting pretty pictures which is obviously fine but i want to be like a resource uh, for parents so that they can come to the uh, instagram site and find out information about like what we're doing and um, mental health and mindfulness and, you know, content that they can actually use at home as well. So uh, we do um, every second post is like an educational post, you could say. So yeah, so it'll just be teaching like recently, we've just done one on COVID and how um, the parents can talk to their kids uh, about COVID. and all the challenges that they're facing and then we talk about like yoga and mindfulness techniques um gratitude techniques so we really as i said we want to be not only posting pretty pictures and we really want to be teaching parents how they can utilize our products and how they can use mindfulness in the home so um that's the kind of that's where we kind of come from in our marketing strategy uh and then with Obviously, it's really hard at the moment with Facebook and Instagram with the algorithms changing. (laughs) Um, We've found that a little bit of a challenge, uh, but we're definitely doing, we're doing really well now on e-commerce. So um, it's not been too, too bad. So I have another business, um, an outsource. We outsource a uh, advertising company who does all of our, looks after our um, social ads. You mentioned how also your e-commerce sales are doing really, really well. Did you want to kind of touch upon how that's grown from maybe the start to where you are now and and your revenue growth? Yeah, so we saw like, you know, so like we look at it as a formula for our e-commerce. Like so if we have 10,000 visits to the site, our conversion rate will be you know, say 3%, which is really like we, we kind of sit between two to four, which is quite good for a product-based business. So, um, you know, when I first started, we were getting, you know, a few hundred people visiting the site and now we're getting, yeah, well over like that 20,000 to the site each month, which is 
yeah, which is amazing considering we're a startup, so we don't have a massive ad budget. So um, it's just amazing to watch and it's just all going, it's all growing up. It's all going in the, the right direction, um, you know, and then in America, just the how to show like the size of the market, what we're getting in Australia after two years, we got in the first month of launching, like the people, like views to the site. So uh, yeah, we, we've still got a lot to learn and we've still got, a, but there's just such a big opportunity with that American um, market and understanding the e-commerce side of it. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely growing. Um, we're doing like we do well over six figures a year on e-commerce. Um, so, so it's, yeah, it's been, it's been good. So. Incredible. And I feel like such a feat in saying, you know, two years on your Australian site, one month is US. That's just absolutely incredible to even know that you're having global awareness now and and everyone kind of wants to get this mindfulness for the kids and, and really, really help them, which is so beautiful and touching. And I'm sure that just brings a smile to your face in particular. Yeah. And having that revenue growth is just probably a bonus. It's probably something that, you know, having your wholesalers as well, that's another revenue stream. It's like making money in your sleep, as I think you mentioned. And I think yeah. it's really, really, really important. But what kind of established or when did you know it was time to bring out other products because as you mentioned you've only been running for a very short time and you have over 16 products how did that kind of come about yeah (laughs) so I am the creative obviously in the business and my brother is my business partner so he does all the business side of things and I I just love creating so I had the yoga cards and yeah, I get in trouble from my business mentor and my brother every time I come up with a new product because, and as great as it sounds, we're making all this money and we've got all these stockers. Everyone needs to understand that we're two years in, like we don't take wages, like every cent goes back into the business and growth. Um, so to, and to bring out all these new products. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just got excited when I started, did the yoga flashcards and then we like kind of repurposed the art and did the yoga, um, memory game. And then we did the yoga snap game. So it was kind of, um, yeah, I just get excited. I could have a hundred products if we had the um, money to do so. (laughs) And if they would let me, but yeah, so, and then we've just, yeah, as I said, I just love creating some ways, creating new products and getting samples. And then it's kind of when we look at our funds and see when we can inject the cash into actually hitting, um, go and, and launching them. Incredible. And has anything surprised you with making these new products that have surpassed your first product being the flashcard game, or is that still your main seller? So it's still our best seller, the yoga flashcards, uh, but the Happy Hearts board game is like a close second. And in fact, I'd, I'd say probably over Christmas, we sold more Happy Hearts board games than we did the yoga flashcards. So um, yeah, the Happy Hearts board game so cute. It's really unique to market. There's not really anything quite like it so uh that's done really well and it's so like with the yoga flashcards I'd say they're actually in a different age group so that's what we've seen as well the yoga flashcards are probably suited to the the, the younger um the three to probably five six and then the flat um the happy hearts is probably more focused from that kind of five to six plus because there's like the happy cards where they've got to say like oh um describe your perfect day or what can you do to be a kind person uh so they kind of need that understanding and intellect to be able to kind of verbalize that. So uh, yeah, but then we're seeing as well, lots of families are playing that together. So um, it, 
So, yeah, it's really beautiful. I get so many uh, DMs and people writing emails about how how they really enjoyed playing that game and how much joy it's brought to their family. So, so yeah, it's really, it's, that's what I mean. It's like obviously just like you said before, it's great to make like money, but it's like we're really on a mission and a purpose and it's we're, we're not just about a business making something. So that's what keeps us going because, it's, um, as I said, a st- being a startup is a challenge, <laughs> has its challenges. <laughs> It's definitely no easy feat. And I think you're a prime example for, yes, you can have success, but it's work, hard work, determination. And it's it's amazing what someone can achieve in just two years, even going through the current climate that we are. And I'd love to know, you touched upon it just quickly then, the feedback that you've received from maybe the first in-person yoga class that you did with the parents to now, has there been any shift in the feedback that you've actually received or has it mainly been like, keep bringing out products, we absolutely love what you're doing um, and then you kind of repurposing them maybe for your marketing, et cetera? Yeah, 100%. We we definitely have our uh, testimonials uh, on the website. It's something that we need to uh, kind of, we're, we're working on that more because we have so many um, that we haven't even used yet. And they, they really are, it's it's not been much of a difference. It's like just a difference that the parents are seeing in the kids, but then a lot also like um, parents through COVID and being at home and they're like, thank you so much for this game. And like, you know, brought so much joy. I had one lady from um, Melbourne send it to her sister and she just said they were were just they've had such a hard time and she said they were just like tears of joy and I was like oh <laughs> I get teary like like and then you're like oh wow I'm actually making a, a difference you know so um but I think that definitely having those testimonials is really helpful for the business and for other businesses out there just um you know people don't want to you know see I, I think there's a bit of a shift from these big famous people having your product people want to know like how in real life if and you know it's like marketing's that's a challenge now influencer marketing isn't as effective as it it was people want real stories so so yeah it definitely has been helpful for us and we do use it on the website testimonials are so strong and I think yeah having the real stories like you just mentioned you get tearful happy tears thinking about how your products impacted so many people I'm sure there's so many stories that you could share that that are exactly the same and you know, wrapping up, uh, working towards wrapping up, I should say, I would love to know more about where you envision your Mindful & Co Kids brand and your company in the next six months to a year. What's kind of on the cards to continue growing and having such great success? Um, so we are really focusing now on the US market. So we recently, uh, we've got uh, sales representatives over there who help us with um wholesale and then we've obviously launched our website so hopefully when we can travel fingers crossed that's really soon uh, I will go over there um, as I said we've got four trade shows at the moment there and in uh, June July there'll be a further four so I'd really love to go over there and um, there's a lot of opportunity we've just been asked to like partner with Meta Facebook um, we obviously got the Oprah Winfrey endorsement so that's been amazing for our brand over there. So we're definitely wanting to focus and then con- continue nurturing the relationships that we've built in Australia. Um, so, yeah, so the next six months to 12 months, we're just going to be busy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely focusing on that. This first two years have been really on the Australian market and now we want to move towards that American market. Mm-hmm. And I completely glossed over the fact that, yeah, you had an endorsement by Oprah, which is absolutely yes. incredible. How did that fall into your lap? How did that happen? Uh, so I just got an email from Oprah Daily and they had seen our products in the market over there. And they just said that they would, um, excuse me, like to see 
some of the products for review for her annual list. And so I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I like literally rang my 3PL. I'm like, make it look really pretty and send it immediately. So they did. And then uh, it was like a kind of like a four week waiting list to see if we got made the list. And then, yeah, we, um, so Oprah obviously picks all the products at the end. So, so yeah, that was just incredible. Like it's just, that's another pinch yourself kind of moment after two years um, having her endorsement and she's such an advocate for women and small business and for mindfulness and mental health so yeah it's been been pretty cool and we're in fact um they're putting us in another issue of her next magazine as well so um yes we've got a brand fan in oprah which is really really cool it's just yeah it's just um yeah, you never would have thought two years ago that we would be here. And I'm a single mum as well. So I, um, yeah, I had no business experience. And I think, um, it, yeah, it takes a lot of hard work, but there's definitely things like this make it really rewarding. Yeah. To say the least, it's such an incredible, incredible achievement. And yeah, having that endorsement by Oprah, no wonder there's so much high demand in the US. I know everyone loves her list and and all of her recommendations, especially like you said, because she does support women-owned run businesses and also small startups. And to have an Australian brand also be featured is incredible. And the fact that they found you, you didn't reach out to them is amazing. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. No worries. And this is my final question and one of my most favorite questions because I get so, so much great advice. But if there's anyone listening to this that might be in your position where you were two years ago thinking about how they want to help change people's lives or develop a product with passion behind it, what would be some of the advice that you would like to give to them? Um, so, yeah, I think I actually speak to a lot of people who have got these ideas and I, I think some, one of the most important things is really understanding your market. Uh, and just like your target market like you really have to understand your target market because if you don't like this yeah I think that's what we've done really well I feel like me being a mum I was my kind of target market so that really helped me um, develop the products out and then obviously once you do understand the target market make sure you kind of figure out how you can test that which is independent to how you your business and your business idea um, individual sorry um, and then <laughs> don't skip over things like so I had a couple of little businesses that failed when I felt like before this years ago and it was because I tried to do things cheaply and uh you know it just never works and you end up making mistakes and you end up like spending double or sometimes triple the amount of money than you would have if you just did it right the first time so try not to take shortcuts and I know that that is a challenge because being a startup and cash flow and a lot of people don't have a lot of you know you don't have a million dollars to chuck into a startup we certainly didn't um you know so you've got to do it as you know as correctly as you can so like for us I think one of the main things why we've done so well is because I really invested in the artist that we use so that's um, her name's Chloe Jasmine and she's incredible and she cost a fortune unfortunately she just signed with an agent <laughs> just before I, <laughs> I got her on board but you know there's no absolutely no doubt because we have so many people kind of copying us now and coming out after like to um and but their art is nowhere near as beautiful and magical as her so uh you know unfortunately you have to spend the money and do things properly and with your website like as I said before I had a website that I had a friend of a friend do and it was you know so I've had to like spend money to fix it and it's just all these illegals and having a really good solid foundation to build your business upon I think would be the best 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's such great advice and such strong advice for anyone listening and myself to take on board. So thank you so much yeah. for sharing. But I wanted to say again, thank you for sharing your journey with Mindful & Co Kids. I know a lot of people have probably gone and jumped to your website and, and see more about the great products that you do and the mission that you guys want to achieve as well. So thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me today, Jacqueline. Well, thank you so much, Molly. Yeah, it's um, been amazing. And I obviously, as I said, I started this from start and scale. That's where I got all the great uh, information from to start the business and I couldn't have done it without it. So yeah, thank you guys as well. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want to access the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com or head to the link in the show notes.